0: Welcome to Dragon Talk, everyone.
1: Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know how to respond to it. It was so, <laughs> like, a different podcast.
0: I feel so relaxed, that's why. Uh, oh. I'm coming off of vacation for a little while, and Shelly, you've got vacation coming up.
1: I know. Soon that will be me. Welcome to Dragon Talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get to that level of, of vacation mellowness.
0: Well, for this uh, official Dungeons and Dragons podcast, we are replaying an interview which we recorded last year in August of 2020 with Abria oh Um uh, It is God. the summer of Abria after all here, but we talked to her last summer about all the amazing stuff she was doing in the live stream space, the Geek and Sundry, as well as. Uh, Dimension 20, and we are excited to replay this interview uh, during this summer because she's doing even more stuff on Dimension 20, stuff for D&D Live, as well as uh, uh, for our friends at Critical Role.
1: That's pretty amazing. What a difference a year makes. Not that she wasn't doing amazing things a year ago, but hello, now it's the summer of Abria For right. realsies. Um, nice do you think that maybe we had a small part in that? <laughs>
0: I I think we, like everyone we talked to, we lifted them up and gave them uh, a little wind in their sails that other people might have seen and enjoyed. Uh, but honestly, uh, definitely in Abria's case, people were already well aware yes. of her talents as a dungeon master and an amazing player. And uh, I think it's going to be really great for people to check out and go a little bit back in time for this interview.
1: Yes, um, absolutely. And as much as I would like to take credit, No. She was pure awesome then, pure awesome now.
0: So. Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, but it was a fun one.
0: Yeah, and we've got uh, you know great stuff coming from Dungeons & Dragons. I'll just make sure and point out that all of the um, books and accessories we talked about during D&D Live are gearing up and ready to release. Uh, we've got... Uh, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a Feywild adventure. We've got the awesome dice set that goes along with that. There is also um, I'm, I'm thinking only of the code names at this point. Cause I know we don't have to use code names anymore. Fizban's Treasury of Dragons and Strixhaven: A Curriculum of Chaos popping this fall. It's going to be so
1: much good stuff
0: off the chain. Um, so uh, look forward to that.
1: We have a lot of D and D to play. That's all I have to say.
0: I I'm, I'm, spent a lot of my vacation actually talking to, like, the older, you know, 20, 20-somethings of the nieces and nephews that I have now who are old, I guess. That's part of growing older, that you have older nieces and nephews.
1: Yeah, they get older, too.
0: We scheduled, like, two new D&D games. Like, we're like, <gasps> oh, yeah,
1: sure, we'll do that one, and we'll do that one, and do that. I'm
0: like, we're, really? we're adding to the list.
1: Because they already played or because they have decided they want to learn how to play?
0: They already play. They jumped in over the last year or so uh, during the pandemic. Oh, my Um, God. Many of them are the ones that live in New York City. So they were able to kind of get together uh, via Zoom, even though they were in the same city, uh, to have adventures. And uh, we might just keep that going.
1: I love that so much. Did I tell you we're playing with some neighbors? We're getting a group together because there's like three or four of them that want to play, have always wanted to learn how to play and finally get that chance. And then another one across the street who we discovered has been playing for years. And we like to, when we're taking out our garbage cans, we like to just shout across the street to each other and talk about our characters.
0: That's great stuff. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, There's just so much to buzz about the Dungeons & Dragons world. It's so fun. It's so great to be able to go back and look at old interviews. We've been doing a lot as we've been... Developing the Dragon Talk book that Shelly and I are writing oh, together. I wrote so a couple funny. of chapters last week.
1: I yes, going back into the well, re-listening to these interviews and like, you know, I don't have a very good memory anyway, so <laughs> I don't I don't remember an interview like usually after it happens, but it's like they're all like fresh and new to me. I'm like, oh, I remember talking to this person or learning about this thing, and now I'm all excited about the work they're doing again. And I gotta say, like Sometimes we're, we're actually pretty funny.
0: <laughs> Sometimes, but not, not often. Um, but in this one, I think we really are. I think I remember the most out of talking to Abria, just laughing uh, pretty much for an hour straight. So uh, hopefully when you jump in and listen to this one, you will laugh along with us just like Puppy is <laughs> laughing along with us Puppy's right a
1: huge fan. He's a huge fan. Yes, huge we'll get to that interview now. Okay, let's do <laughs> it.
0: Everybody, let us welcome Abria Iyengar to
2: Dragon Time! Oh, yes! yes. Woo! Long time listener, first time calling. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> We're so glad you called in. Uh, you have done so many amazing things in the D&D <laughs> world uh, over the years. Uh, being a dungeon master to... Uh, uh, a GM on other things to, uh, you know, more recently you're in a Dimension 20 side quest oh. with Brennan Lee Mulligan and so many amazing people.
2: It's so cool. I'm so excited. I, it's, how does that happen? I, I don't know. You, you put a little seed under your pillow and you summon a Brennan. And then he whispers into your ear, side quest. And it just happens. And then you just go. Yes, it's a really magical process. It's like like an Umbrella
0: Academy thing. Like, I heard a rumor that there was a side quest coming and you needed a cast member.
2: If I had that power, I would have used it exactly in this way to be on a Dimension 20 game because, oh, man, so good and so fun. Very excited about that. I feel like
1: this cast, I couldn't have dreamed it. Oh, my God. And this is like... My dreamiest of dreamy casts.
2: Right? Like, in addition to just everyone being, like, heavy hitters from, like, the D&D community, it was also just, I. there were so many people of color, like, four out of the six of us are POCs, and yeah, I think I spent the first hour when we were doing the character gen session just looking around, just open mouth, like, oh, my God, oh, yeah, my God. God, yeah, yeah, oh, I have to talk, too, okay. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, and...
2: <laughs> Ooh, uh-huh. I learned that in my improv class. We all took that one time.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. Improv
2: one hundred and one. Yeah.
0: yeah, we were. I was excited to see that because I was. It was a surprise to me. But as I was looking through the cast, I was like, Oh my gosh! I think every single one of these people has been on Dragon Talk before. And then it was only you, Abria. And I have not been, and now we are doing
2: it. I am hard to get. That's true. That's definitely. No, <laughs> yeah. one, literally, no one has ever said that to me. My current roster is like four point six billion games. So gettable. So gettable. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>
1: so gettable. <laughs> well, not for long. Not after this show. Ooh, launches thank you. Everybody's yeah. gonna, gonna want to <laughs> talk to you. Tell us about so we're just like alluding to this amazing cast, but tell yeah. us about the, the cast. Who's in this with you?
2: So this cast is Matt Mercer, Marisha Ray, Christina Ariel, B. Dave Walters, Carlos Luna, and myself, all GM'd by Brandon Lee Mulligan. And oh. I have never been at a table that has like surprised and delighted and absolutely floored me more. Like, because so many of us are dungeon masters too, like the level of like detailed explanation and these really fun, really big character choices. Like it was wild that by the end of just the, the character generation session, we had these like six distinct Amazing characters that all felt like vital, and the like the ability to form connective tissue with the rest of the table, like instantaneously, because everyone just like showed up with their a game was amazing. It's just it was one of the it's one of the coolest things I've ever done, and I'm just so happy I got to be a part of it, and I'm so excited for people to watch those characters. Hopefully, find love with all of our characters.
0: I know, and you there's already like fan I art am. like coming out out oh there already. So much fan- <laughs> it's great
2: and I love that like so many of us picked like non-human characters so the fan art is incredibly cool looking I was like uh, when we first started I was like oh it's pirates I'm gonna be a mermaid but like a wrong one so I'm so happy that like people are getting like really into it, like interesting merfolk designs and i based it super heavily if i could just jump into that a little bit i loved the uh the like magic the gathering crossover uh like uh, extra content that came out that had like merfolk mm-hmm. stats in it so i basically like ran to brennan like please uh, let me have this huh. i want to go to here and he was like super gracious and like helped me incorporate it into character for this and like Yeah, Yeah. it's just been so fun and watching everyone just sort of like, not out of nowhere, but like out of these really intentional things, like as like the way our generation session went was Brendan literally just like spent time describing Leviathan to us. And you could see like in the Zoom call, like people's sort of eyes light up as you could find the thing that they liked. It was watching a group of excellent improvers find the game for themselves. And like everyone just latched on to a different thing and you could see the wheels turning. And like with just little bits of like information, like, oh, what if my character is this to you? Like we were able to come up with this like amazing group of people that like aren't a crew necessarily to begin with, but have all of the like the start of becoming like a great adventuring group, and it was just Ugh. amazing. <laughs> did you guys record
1: that session by chance? Um. Oh, oh I don't think session. we did. I don't think yeah. we did. Oh, I think that would be so oh. interesting just to to hear. And I'd be curious to hear. And I don't know if this would spoil too much, but what what things stood out to you when Brennan was describing the setting and all?
2: Oh, Can you tell I us? so oh yeah definitely. So there's like a whole heap produced, like, this whole amazing map of Leviathan, and because it's this, like, a bunch of ships and shipwreck, shipwrecks, like, lashed together, uh, there there's stuff that was above decks and things that were below decks, and the moment they got to, like, uh, the moment you got to the idea that they're, like, this slummy part of Leviathan was literally below the waterline, and was like, oh, like, how do you deal with the idea that, like, there are... Pirates and people attached to the city that like cannot interact normally with like the surface world. So, I definitely like immediately alighted on the area called Jetsam that is like this underwater, like flooded zone that like people would have to come to me. It's a very like Ursula the Sea Witch kind of vibe. And I was like, Yes, please. I be.
0: <laughs> you got some <laughs> Descendants 2 things going on there. Yeah.
2: Oh. If I could put that much color in my braids and not look like a nightmare, <laughs> I definitely would.
0: We were just talking about my kids have been devouring all those Descendants movies like crazy. So uh, I've got that it's, song stuck in my head. Was it the Say My Name uh, one over and over again?
2: It's so good. It's so oh, good. my gosh. I, I good, feel like good is I'm the word. Too it's it's
0: good. It, it gets in your head. I will say that.
2: I, like, I unapologetically love like all Disney original movies just because they're like... They're so well honed. They're just that, like perfect. Like this is gonna hit and explode inside like a preteen's brain. And so I just appreciate that so <laughs> that much. That is true. And, like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's cool. Bringing that energy to a D and D game as well. Yeah. So yeah. tell us more about about your character. What? What? I mean, I think Shelley really like the her name.
2: name. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. So her name is Myrtle, and I don't know if we're allowed to yes. do like minor cusses yep. here. No, so can. her full name is Myrtle the Bitch. And uh, a little bit of a- We're related. Yeah. She's an aquarium? (laughs) I got so excited about like, her name is Myrtle the Bitch. And then I watched Brennan like process, like, do I have to say that word? Like, is it weird to call you that? I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I've given a very nice human a problem of a name. But I don't care. So
1: so she's like all good players.
2: Exactly, right? So she's the Tempest cleric of Umberly. And I've always loved Umberly because, like, one of her designations is the sea bitch. And I think that that's amazing. (laughs) I love it so much. And as someone who, like, listens and, like, internalizes songs like WAP, where it's, it reclaims power in, like, this sort of, like, unabashed way, Mm -hmm. I appreciate, like, that kind of energy, and I wanted to bring it to my character. So she's a uh, she's a cleric that goes out with pirate ships and then occasionally sinks them because her god asks her to. So she doesn't get asked out very often. <laughs> Come of on, my boat,
0: but don't sink it, please.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah.
2: Oopsie. Uh she's Sorry, mild. not sorry. So <laughs> and she just like swims back to Leviathan because. She's unworried about, like, ship culture. Like, I mean, I guess you could be on the boat. That's strange. Uh, But I think the other thing I I really liked about the character was, uh, like, Merfolk in general, like, have the ability to, like, they have legs. But I very specifically wanted her to not. And not in a way of, like, leaning too hard into the idea of, like, disability and different mobility options in games. But I wanted to sort of introduced the idea that you don't have to be, like, a bog-standard humanoid to, like, function in an adventure. So in a world where magic is real and literally anything is possible, like, you don't need legs to get around. <laughs> and uh, it makes me really happy that things like the combat wheelchair that have been, like, introduced and everyone's talking about on Twitter. Yeah. Like, just this idea of, like, being cognizant of all that kind of stuff. So my, my character, Myrtle, actually has, like, a little water like like sphere that she travels in. I describe it, I think most often as like a little watery rascal that she just kind of putts around on oh God, whenever she's it. above the sea line. But I like this idea that like, if you just spend a couple minutes thinking about it, like you can be more uh, more encompassing of different like character types and body types and like neurodiverse types and have that in your game in a way that doesn't, feel like it doesn't have to feel like work you can just do it just be cognizant going into it so that was my little my little choice that i was really proud of that's one of the great has the tail the whole time
0: (laughs) and that's one of the great things that dungeons and dragons can do for people beyond all the fun storytelling and and amazing things that you can do but you can actually you know empathize with situations that you don't have any direct experience with and do it in a way with other people so they're experiencing it as well you know, I, I had a, you know, very briefly, but I had a really great experience playing as a blind character, a blind cleric nice. uh, in Lauren Urban's game when we did a uh, clerical error. And I reached out to blind d players to be like, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, you know, portraying this in a way that makes sense, that doesn't feel, you know, like I'm crossing any lines or doing anything like that. And that was just this, I was going to use the term, it was an eye-opening experience. Uh, <laughs> but it, it really was because it felt like, oh, I, I, here's this game that we love to do just because it's fun and it feels cool to us, but it can do all these things that are healthy for the soul and for society as a whole.
2: Agreed. And this is like my favorite thing. Like when I really, like when I started off GMing uh, other than doing adventurous league games, just to kind of learn like fifth edition better. My first real game was GMing for uh, a kid I tutored and his friends. So it was a, like a gaggle of fourteen-year-old boys, like up to nine of them at, at any oh. given session, it was buck wild. I felt more like a coach than a GM. I'm like, all right, you can do it. In we're gonna do yeah. this. <laughs> but like in the in the way that we always talk about, like storytelling and how novels and reading stories from perspectives that aren't our own build empathy. D D and TTRPGs are that, but like supercharged because you are literally putting yourself in other experiences. And the more you open yourself up to like thinking and feeling beyond like what you already know, D D becomes more than just a game. It kind of it becomes kind of like restorative and curative and it's a it's a vector for growth, not just for like entertainment. Though it is that too. And I mean, like I'm the I'm gonna play D and D forever.
1: <laughs> Good. I want to hear that. But it's true because, like, the all of the old adages about you know, like empathy is like you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes, or how would you feel if that happened to you? Is like essentially like what you do yeah. in D and D. Like That's you are putting yourselves in someone else's shoes. You are feeling it and living it. Absolutely. And the more like, we make choices, yeah. I mean,
0: the bold choice of playing uh, Myrtle the bitch uh, <laughs> is very much like. You know, interesting because, you know, and when you start playing, you play things that are like, oh, I'm just going to play a fighter who's basically a, you know, surrogate for me, you know, and then, but then on your fifth and fourth and, you know, 900th character, you're like, I'm going to play something that's completely not like me in any way. Uh, You know, maybe, maybe there are parts of Myrtle in you, but like,
2: oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty well established. Yeah. I think all those pirate ships. (laughs) Yeah. I sink ships constantly. <laughs> uh,
0: but I'd love that because, you know, it's it's a growth vector in, uh, you know, people's hobbying that I think is just gets more valuable over time. So I love it.
2: Agreed. Yes. And I definitely think that, like, yeah, you play, you make those choices outside of your experience as you're kind of building your character. But I have always believed that even if you think you're playing a character that's, like, the opposite of you – the moment you live in that character for for a little while and you come up with that like single seed of justification like when you understand your character's philosophy that usually comes from exploring something that you either have thought about or you believe or like you think might be interesting about yourself and you kind of just like tease it out and explode it out and really like get into the nitty-gritty on it so i think even if you're playing a character That's super the opposite of you. You're exploring some aspect of your personality that, like, you find interesting in the moment of character creation. And that's actually why I really like going back and thinking about characters and kind of watching the trajectory of, like, characters you build. And you're like, what did I care about six months ago? (laughs) Huh.
1: Interesting.
2: I was really, like, focused on, like, acceptability politics. So I played characters that, like, refused to, like, fit into... Society's norms that, like wherever they came from. So, like, what an interesting thing to like clock, sort of retrospectively. And I just, yeah, yeah.
1: it's like looking at your an old human journal. development mapped to your character development. Yeah, or even like seeing like things that you consistently gravitate towards in characters, and then looking back and being like, I see why now. Right? I didn't see it then, but now, you know, years later, even I get it. I know what I was. You were trying to explore something in a safe space maybe you didn't recognize it at the time but it does become clear it's true your D characters do say a lot about you yeah
2: and i think Obviously. it's awesome for that and like yeah it's so nice being at a table when you like realize that like you can kind of watch someone else in your party like thinking about themselves in that way and you're like oh thank you for considering me a safe enough like person and part of the safe space for you to explore that actually yeah. a friend that like came out as trans at the table after like dealing a bunch with like, why do I keep fixating on this idea? Like, what is this, what am I trying to show to myself? And I think that's just a really, like, it's a really cool and really fun and really important thing to be a part of like that sort of safe space to think interestingly about yourself in this like kind of like lateral way.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a theme that we've had in a couple of our our guests in the past. Like when, uh, uh, Rakim Sakura was talking about how he was in a uh, you know a group that was a little bit more male oriented, and he's like, I don't know if that's for me, you know, in that situation. As well as being able to play characters of different gender, and you know, yeah. uh, see w- why that is attractive to uh, the player. And then, all right, maybe on the, after the fourth or fifth character that like that, you're like, maybe there's a reason as to why that is.
2: Right? Yeah. yeah, and they
0: may not even it's know great. it when they're building those characters. That's what's that's yeah. what's really fascinating about it.
2: Yeah, It's not Absolutely. a conscious choice.
0: It's a, it's a way to unlock the subconscious.
2: Yeah. Mm. Oh, now I want to uh-huh. go into
0: the subconscious more in, uh, in our D&D games.
2: Right? That's your secret, folks. D&D makes you unlock our your brain. brain. Biohack, let's go. <laughs> Is that the right <laughs> word? I don't know if that's the word. I don't of, know, but I like I it. Know. I'll Google it later. a biohack fine. of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs>
0: Nice. Become a
1: better person. So,
0: what kind of characters yes. do you generally? I mean, obviously, with the with where you are now with the the most recent one, but like, where? How, how has your journey been? You know, did you start in a specific kind let's, of? Let's you, dig yeah, in. Ooh, you, yes. and then did let's you be gone to different ones? Like, what have you learned?
2: Um. So, I think I definitely default. Like, if we're going D anD D specifically, like my type is almost always a like. I love charisma casters. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure everyone you talk to is just like, I have a lot of, like, very strong bard energy. I love warlocks, though. Mm. I love the, like, narrative hook because I spend so much time GMing that, like, I appreciate characters that, like, give that gift immediately to the the dungeon master. Like, hi, I have a complicated relationship with the source of my power. Here you go. Uh,
0: (laughs) Make the stories happen.
2: Exactly. And I love, like, the sort of subversion of, like, Warlocks, usually as like people who have sold their soul to a higher power, uh, like to a like higher entity in order to achieve power, like that's like the sort of like tiny brain version. Uh, I love warlocks that like have fallen in love with mystical creatures or just like read a book too many times. And then like after a while, like it's the, uh, like you listen to the record backwards and you hear something you shouldn't kind of affect. So. Yeah, like, what are the other ways that individuals can, like, willingly or not, like, consensually or not, like, interact and, like, deal with, like, large powers beyond their control? Because I think that's, like, one of the cool things about D&D is, like, everything is, like, real and possible here. So, like, yes, you can pray to a deity and become their cleric or become their paladin, but, like, what about the people who just sort of, like, weirdly trip and fall in and be like... Well, I guess I can Eldritch Blast now. I don't know what this means or what will be asked of me. Right, seems fine. I'm I'm just sure, gonna it's keep, fine.
1: I'm going to keep using this power until someone asks for it back.
2: Exactly. I love the warlocks that are like Eldritch Blast. Do I need to? Okay, I guess it's fine. Sure. <laughs> Didn't ask for anything today, but we'll see about tomorrow. Right. No so. consequences
0: right now.
2: Exactly. And I think that's super fun. So I tend to play characters uh, that have to like grapple with their, their relationship with the source of their power. And then how that sort of like anxiety turns into interpersonal relationships. Uh, Yeah. That's, that's usually what I do. (laughs) I'm going to
0: mention something that you mentioned before we started recording, which was uh, going from project to project and having a little bit of uh, ADHD tendencies yes what you're describing sounds very much like that as the oh, warlock yeah. character like oh I, I got this power and I will got to use it while I can or it's gonna go away
2: yeah so I do have ADHD so uh, I think along with that I have that weird sense of like the way my brain works is this weird boon and bait like it's a it's a sine wave of like I, it's hard for me to motivate and like I procrastinate on things that like feel like they are hard to start like hard to start but like mm-hmm. then I also hyperfixate on things I care about so it's that idea of like the anxiety of like make hay while the sun shines because I don't necessarily always know how like my brain's gonna make me feel about like the next thing that comes and like being willing to say yes to a bunch of things and then sort of like shrugging it off is like the consequences of that are for tomorrow Bria but you <laughs> just do stuff. I'm sure it'll be fine. And like, yeah, I, I definitely think all of that, like all of that self-reflection and like the, the growing knowledge of how I work, especially because like now that I'm starting to do more like writing projects and stuff too, like being cognizant of my workflow and how I get the best work out of myself is, it feels like a warlock fact a lot of the time. It really like, does. Oh. <laughs> that was
1: very insightful, Greg. Yeah, was... nice, Greg. Good job.
0: Well, perhaps those are... uh Demons, I'm battling myself.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, could, I saw the look in your. Yeah, head. I was like, oh, oh
0: had a had something or two. like clicked, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling that.
1: Yeah, I had a. I you remind me of, of a this character that I had for a long time, and I really wanted to have a um a familiar that was a show bear, or um an ex show bear that I rescued. That was part of my backstory. Oh, I remember. And that the the dungeon master was like, no. I'm not playing with a show bear. Like, I really want, he's, he's my familiar. He's here. So he, I was a tiefling and he was like, okay, he's here, but you, this is the deal. Like you, you made a pact to have, to rescue him and have him stay with you. Um, And something's going to happen at some point in the game where I'm going to ask you to turn against the party. and. You're not going to know when, and you're not going to know how. But do you? Are you? Will you accept this deal? Is that? Is he that important to you? And I said, yes, yes, he is that important. <laughs> uh, and like we never told the rest of the party that that I had made this deal. Um, but I will say that the entire campaign that we played, I, I was always on edge. I was always unnerved because I'm like, I don't, I don't know when this is going to happen. Like I really yeah! don't. And then, and then it didn't happen for a long time. And I'm like, did she forget? Maybe he just forgot and I'm in the clear and I realized like this was coming out in in how I played my character. Like she always was a little twitchy, like what's go what's going on? Like who's here? Who's behind? Who's saying that? Am I hearing this? Does everyone else hear this? It's is today the day? Like if we go to this town, is is like is someone gonna find me? Every time like we met an NPC, I was like, Is this is this it? Is this when you're gonna come calling? <laughs> because it never happened. Oh, and it no. never happened so that's I that's amazing know, like, yeah like with the game just you know eventually ended without this thing coming to, to to pass but thank god um but it really did inform like how i played that character and, and in real life i'm such a rules person like i probably really wouldn't have done that in real maybe i would <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but like it, it was a struggle for like the real me and the character me
2: nice
1: but that's ugh, god i don't i didn't now I feel creepy. That was the right reward, no, now though. Now I feel like it still might happen. Yeah. I know. It <laughs> Can it still happen if the game ended
2: five years ago? Like, I, you know what? I'm just Ooh. like the rule. Yeah. What's the statute of yeah, limitations uh, <laughs> Let me ask
0: Falling Leaf. <laughs> Falling Leaf, is there that okay? Go. Yeah, I think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, next time I Dungeon Master for you, I think I'm going to have a show bear show up. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Do it. I- one of Please. my favorite, uh, I've, I haven't i have played a druid very often, but like my favorite druid I ever played in a game that, of course, like most games fall apart after a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a druid that was a show bear. No that just, like, Are you traveled, serious? Yeah. I knew I just, liked you. She enjoyed being bear way more than being a person. Oh. So, like, she just traveled around with her friends that were all part of this circus. And, I love like, that. her trainer, like, her best friend was her trainer. And she was like, Yeah, no, I do the thing. And she would, like, pretend, like, No, I don't want to. I'm a bear. And her friend was a ranger. So she could understand all the, like, dumb bear things she was saying. Oh, my God. Or she would, like, pretend dumb. to growl and be like, No, I don't want to jump on the box. I'm not gonna. Okay. <laughs> The dumbest interactions with my friends. I'm not this gonna table. ride my unicycle <laughs> yeah. today. I don't know how I'm a bear from the woods. Uh, like, uh, it was the weirdest energy, and I loved of- it so much. I Love that. <laughs>
1: See, like you're really like reminding me of like you really can do anything in D and D. You can be have- a party of bears, show
2: bears. Just be a bunch of bears. Uh, I ran a very silly one shot for friends. We were literally in the pool. And you had to roll at the bottom of the pool. You had to like go down to the bottom of the pool where the dice all like sank and roll down there and then just make it up, uh, make up your roll when you came back up because everyone would forget. But we played a version of like Dude Wears My Car, the movie, but it was an adventure. So there was like no magic and just people just wandering around making like goofy checks because they had all done, like, some sort of magical mushroom from the under Underdark and had forgotten the day before and had to go find, like, their wagon. And that was just, like, the adventure. You can play anything in D&D. And, like, that's what makes me so happy about it. It's all about, like, if the table's bought in, you can do whatever. And that's the coolest thing in the world to me.
1: Yeah. And
0: it all that's... becomes a shared experience. Yeah. And it can come exactly. from, from I mean, my, my daughter dungeon mastered for me. She was five at the time. Uh yes! and it was just this weird stream of consciousness kid thing it was very similar <laughs> to what you're describing of like the, the dudes in my car kind of thing and it was amazing and I wish like more uh, you know kids of that age felt empowered to just c- create and write weird ass stories and make your parents you know sure I'll do whatever you say uh, you know it's the one time they mm-hmm. have control over that stuff uh, yeah and wanna, I want to tap into that even more
2: Right. Uh, I uh, I run a like pirates game. I love pirates. I don't know if that's hasn't come through, but uh, I run a pirates game over on Saving Throw Show on Tuesday nights. And like I used to like when the game first started, my nephew when he was younger would have that like stream of consciousness. Like he just had ideas, and if you giggled at all, he would just like keep, keep like, spinning himself up. So there would be like once or twice a week, I would like call my sister in law and be like put him on the phone. I need to, I need to world build. So he would like build these ridiculous lands that like just, they started normal and then they just got weirder and weirder. The lap, the harder I laughed. So there was like planets where everything was Kiwi, but he didn't, he like forgot what the word green was. So listening to a four-year-old try to like talk around the concept of green, <laughs> the, like the world's weirdest thing. Like my players were like, I, it's amazing. I think we're in hell. Like what is happening? I was like, this is what happens when you forget a very fundamental word. You think you're in the nine hells. Like, let's go. So it was, it
1: was just an innocent mistake. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I forgot
1: what green meant. Yeah. I love that. I kind of, this. I like this idea of letting like a child, Create the world, <laughs> and yeah. then you have to use it. Like you have to just use all the hooks they give you. Yeah, yep.
0: yeah, it's so all good. the
1: NPCs. I feel my son lately has been creating a lot of characters, not D and D characters. Like he'll just like, yeah, all of a sudden he's like, hey i my name's Jerome Powers, and he's like some dude, or like he's got Ricky Joe, he's got yes. Turd the Turtle, he's oh. Captain Sparkles. Like,
2: yeah. Hold on, Say these again slower. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know, right? am like, I'm taking notes. Turd, <laughs> the Joe,
2: yes. turd the Turtle. Turd the Turtle. Does he smell Do bad? That? No, and he just,
1: oh. I like, do you mean turd the turtle he's like no my name's turd turd the turtle <laughs> yeah
2: that makes and perfect turd sense. the turtle
1: <laughs> i was actually just writing about turd the turtle it's funny um <laughs> he will fall down and he's on his back and his legs are up and hands arms are up in the air and just happens whenever several times a day and he's like yep. help me help me somebody get me back in the water i need to get back in the water and then i just ignore him But i'll walk by whenever i walk by him he screams hey look Lady, don't you wanna help a poor turtle?
2: What is the matter with you? Like what are you talking about? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I'm like he definitely is a dungeon master. Like I feel like he wants sure. to create. So then like, like God, I just can't stand the noise anymore. So then I'll find I'll go back to Turd the Turtle and then I have to flip him yeah. back yeah. upright. Yeah. And then go. he wanders around the house upright like a turtle for about five more minutes. And then yeah. and then he goes back to Fortnite. So
2: There you go. It's the it's a cycle. I love that. Like in my brain now, you're living this like tiny Westworld life of just like kind of IRL plot hooks, and you're just like not to that, no to that. (laughs) I'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) Just walking through this world. My dog's knocking on my door. Yeah, kid is flat on the bed. Magical? What are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing?
0: There's been a lot of uh, like. It feels like I, it's very similar to like walking through a uh, a computer RPG or something like that because every single time I leave an area where my kids are, they always say, "I love you, Daddy." Like, 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 uh, have fun. Like, you know, or oh. you know, like they need to acknowledge that I'm leaving their space.
2: And I'm <laughs> always like, nervous? I
0: feel like it's a, yeah, it makes me a little bit nervous. <laughs> I feel, and I also, feel it feels like a voiceover <laughs> bark. Like I'm just getting like the same thing whenever I'm entering or exiting uh, yeah. a room. And I'm like, you gotta get your
2: kids more dialogue. They they ran out all the way through.
0: <laughs> Come on, like you got some, need, need some more material, kids. Come on,
2: you can do this. right? No. I love that one nice. day you're just gonna walk through and be like, cut scene, the door slams behind you, and like, <laughs> encounter begins. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So we usually start with this question, but we were so excited about oh, the Generation Twenty stuff. No, I've, this is fine, but I, I am curious. Like, how how did you start playing D anD
2: D? Ooh, uh, I love this story because I. It feels like I do a very good job of throwing my now husband under the bus, so I enjoy telling it. I'm all for that. I mean,
0: that's like ninety percent of a relationship.
2: <laughs> Right? That's what marriage is? This is, this is my fun, which is, uh, like, our like it's it was a mutual group of game friends, but definitely more his friends, and we were just dating at the time. And they were like, what is this? D&D is new again. So this was, like, pretty soon after, like, 5th edition dropped. And they were like, I guess we should give it a try. And I think I was just in the room one day when they were talking about it, and they kind of gave me the look, like, you can come too if you want. And I was like, oh, okay, girlfriend <laughs> this is fine. I don't play video games or anything. So I don't really know what this is or how to interact with it. And they're like, you can just be the cleric. So I ah! completely got like healer mode, like full girlfriend mode, just out of the gate. And uh, like we started playing and it was uh, the like uh, rise of, well, Horde of the Dragon Queen. So Tyranny of Dragons. That was, we played both the both the books. Yep. And uh, it took me two sessions after being a knowledge cleric to go, wait, no, this is, oh no, I like this way more than everyone at the table. And I, oh, interesting. Oh God. Like they all are super, like super into it too. We ended up playing that campaign for like two and a half years, but I realized pretty immediately because I have a background in like stand-up comedy and improv and I just missed performing. And I was like, oh, this is that like performing itch. And like coming up with something in the moment and it's scratching this itch that I feel like the rest of the table doesn't even have. And I immediately took off and like joined up with a bunch of Adventurers League stuff at like my friendly local gaming store, which turned into me going like, they're always out of DMs. Sure, I could, I'm could. i sure I could figure it out. I have a book. I can, I can do this. Oh my God. And yeah, I threw myself into it s- so hard that like by the end of the first month, like our group had played like four sessions, but Bria had played like forty sessions of D anD. d Like I was there for like I remember like close like opening and closing out uh, the gaming store close to me. It's game time. Like I was there when it opened, and we were just chaining like adventurers league things all day on a Saturday till it ended. Wow! So I I loved it immediately and like. I think it's kind of weird because I've never, like growing up, I was never actually in the high fantasy, like not a Lord of the Rings person. So, uh, I, I see why I never ran into it when I was younger, but it's that, it's that potential to like tell these amazing stories. And really the fact that like the amount of scaffolding that, that fifth edition D&D has specifically is just enough to feel comfortable that like, there's a bit of, like, constraint breeds creativity and not the, like, open void of, like, well, you can just make up a story in your head and just say stuff out loud. Like, there's just enough there that you feel like you can tell basically any kind of story. So I got into it very hard. And then multiclass into Warlock, thus beginning my, like, I'm a warlock, I think. And, yeah, uh, played a bunch there. Uh, was a tutor at the time, and I don't know how... My first clients like hurt. I probably just told them at some point. Oh no! I had dice in my pocket and I needed yeah. it to do like quick math things. So I just put it out there, and like the parent came in and was like, "Do and do." I played that back in oh, no 1918 way. with a hoop and stick. Like, I like oh, okay. <laughs> great, and uh, picked up from there and started. Uh, DMing a lot of the kids that I tutored and that would be like their reward for good grades we would like run that's a-, such a session good idea. Oh, that's with their awesome. friends and it was really and yeah so I got into it that way and then eventually like transitioned into streaming and now I can play as many games as I want and it's great like I just have my I'm in my garage and like my husband can't hear me like being out here doing wacky voices and making big silly arm motions and like I'm living my best life it's pretty great.
1: <laughs> so what happened to the the group that Started you on d and D. are they do they still play? or are they like, well, look at you now. like this is kind of all you
2: do. <laughs> uh, yes to both. So we occasionally like circle back up, and it's really fun now, like now, years later, where I'm like, can, can, I, can I DM for you? Oh, also, the other fun part was uh, my now husband, like he took over DMing that group mm. when the first like DM left, so there was also this like weird like, I took a special feat called. I'm dating the DM. Can I please Ah. have this magic item? (laughs) And the answer Ah. is honestly no most of the time. Yeah, that's actually what taught me to be a rules lawyer because he was immediately like, he had that problem of like, I don't want to show preferential treatment to my partner. So I'm going to say no right away. So I had to like learn the rules cold to be like, you can't say no to me on this. Detect (laughs) magic means you have to tell me the school. You can't say universal. That's nothing. Give me the details.
0: That's not a a... (laughs) rule. universal yeah, magic. drag
2: him out here yeah it was his like he was very much like a, i like to build puzzles and like make things and i just wanted to walk in with a magic spell and blow it all up mm. like, like i don't feel like solving this puzzle dispel magic just blow it up <laughs> so uh learning the rules and like kind of like that was the workaround for it so now it's really fun that like occasionally like, i'll scoop them all up and uh, i have them play test like modules and stuff that I build for like stream games all the time on them. So it's very fun having the full circle, like, all right, we played like a campaign thing before. And now that like they mostly play homebrew stuff, like it's really fun because I can cherry pick from all of the great like campaign content. I'm like, they don't, they think I made this up. This is just like half of storm King thunder and no one's going to tell them. <laughs> so we're good. So like I like hide all my books in the back and I'm like, I, I made it up. This is all me. Ignore the fact that Jarlaxle is a character that you get is easily Googleable. I made that it's in my brain. <laughs> nice. Of
0: I'm course, sure you, you just you told them all right now. It. If they it's fine. <laughs>
2: you got to tell Whoa. them at some point. Yeah. Peek <laughs>
0: behind the curtain a little bit.
2: Exactly. Hey guys, I've been lying to you for years.
0: <laughs> it's called dungeon mastering. Yes.
2: There you go. Right.
0: It's all lies. Got to roll that
2: high insight check, baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but speaking of lying to them about running. <laughs> Pre-published adventures, but you are now writing some original content, correct?
2: Yeah, so uh it's that kind of fun thing of like, so the three things that I do right now, like stream-wise, that I think are like cool and distinct and interesting are like I run a lot of homebrew that I make, and I'm playing like Lost Mind of Fandalver on, on Twitch's uh, D D's Twitch channel right now. So like playing in a module that's been like pre and pre and playing a thing that's intent like it's so specifically and intentionally like a starter module to like teach people how to play D&D which is really fun when you are a seasoned player going in like I know how all of these work but like I love looking at like the building blocks of like how how does a module teach people D&D like how do you yeah. teach via the tutorial uh and then, like, playing in a different game on Saturday mornings where we're playing, like, essentially in the, like, Into the Spider-Verse world. So, like, playing in other people's IP, but, like, playing in this system in other IP. That's cool. So, yeah, uh, I, I build a lot of, like, world stuff for my Pirates of Salt Bay game. And I've, I think I've just kind of reached that point where I'm like, if I just organize this even a little bit, I can, like, share it with the people that watch because, like, I get asked for stat blocks on, a on, like, a fairly regular basis because I, like, kind of, like, I like ba- like bashing monsters together and, like, changing their, <laughs> altering their stats because my characters are very, or my players are very smart and they are good at just blowing my bad guys out of the water and, like, I have altered the stats. Pray I don't alter them further. <laughs> They all have like a hundred more hit points because you guys do like awesome monk combinations of just, I did 486 damage. Oh my God. And now I'm going to action surge. I'm like, okay, you break the world. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of like building monsters and uh, adversaries specifically for my table, knowing how they tend to play. Uh, And yeah, it's just been like a really fun process of like figuring out how to like push that out into the world. And I uh, published a module called Timbermancer through uh, my dice company. And like, that's kind of out there. So now that I've gotten like a little taste of like, okay, people can play stuff that I think of in my brain without me being around. And it's not a nightmare. Like, cool. How do I keep doing it? So I'm getting a bit, very excited, like kind of transitioning into that like part of the ecosystem of being in the D&D world.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's a natural it's a natural transition for, for some people. Right. So, But is it, what is the process like for you for, I mean, you didn't take a class on how to run and write an adventure. Like, how do you know how to do that? Um,
2: well, fun fact, I did take a little oh, bit of a t- class.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, isn't there like a writer's workshop for RPGs? It was <laughs>
2: the RPG writer's workshop yeah. last year. Uh, but once again, the ADD kicked in. So I did like, the first fifth of it. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll come back to it. And I didn't realize that the like content expired. And I like went to go back to it. I was like, oh, it's all gone. <laughs> oh, no. I remember well, the first enough part. enough to get you it's, started.
0: I get most of it. I got the gist.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'll just ballpark it. But I actually, uh, I love reading just Like, I buy lots of content off the DMs Guild anyway. So I did a lot of, like, just sort of breaking it down and taking notes. Like, I've done some, like, script writing stuff in my time too. So like literally breaking it down the way you would break down a script if you wanted to spec it. So you just take modules, especially ones that you like and you find all those hooks on and just sort of like try to tease them apart and see like where like how did it catch my interest and in like how do I turn that into something for other people to try to do the same thing. Uh and just by by virtue of like the difference in translation error like translation error like filtering through me and my priorities the things I care about will feel meaningfully different than someone else's like module work so it's kind of just the sit down and take notes <laughs> approach but yeah I usually start off with uh, it's the Michael Bay like I start off with a set piece I'm like what's the big fight that I want to get to and okay. like what does it look like, and it's less about like what the monster stat is, but like I want that Have you ever played the video game uh, Return of the Oberdin? No so it's this really cool like it's like a mystery like detective puzzle game, but it has these like cool set piece moments that are frozen in time that you can physically walk through to like put the mystery together of like how did everyone die on this one ship? It's very cool it's black and white oh, I got a cool this, soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, so I I always think of like that one like splash image of like what's the like main picture of the fight look like and then how do you get to there? So like what does the surroundings look like? How do you end up in this like big cool palace with like shafts of bright moonlight and like extreme shadows there? And like how are my adventurers in this room with like two giant wolves made of ice and like how do you get to that point? And then taking a lot of like the fiction, I try very hard to like take fiction that I like that doesn't necessarily lend itself towards like high fantasy focused like storytelling and figure out how to like filter it through so it's a lot of like what in the latest season of Westworld got me like to this point and like what are the things uh less like Game of Thrones is high fantasy but like I really like that like Court intrigue. So, like, yeah. how do we bring that in? Like, how does Laputa Castle in the Sky, like, what are the things that I wish a Miyazaki movie, if it was like aimed for adults, what would that include? So those are things that like you kind of harvest it all and turn it into like this one big moment and then work yourself backwards and get there. And I actually think the easiest thing for me is I I am very blessed to Play with really fun, really creative people, and usually in the like first time I try to run through run them through something, uh, they will give me a lot of ideas on how they got there and why they care about being there. And I'm like, I'm gonna steal all of that and put it on here. And thank you in the credits. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? That's a better idea than what I am gonna cross this out. It's I, that's also what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm just sort of like <laughs> I'm a huge fan of collaborative storytelling. So letting yeah. other people come up with like. How how that scene is built,
0: right? Is. Which it sounds like you're doing also in your head too. When you're when you're reading all of these different source materials, whether they be uh, adventures or modules on DM's Guild to movies to animation, you're all like mashing them up yeah. and putting them out yep. already. And then you give them to you know five or six players and get even more input. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's all what we do in microcosm when we're running games, and it's
1: perfect. Yeah. And four year olds and four year olds yeah. do it too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're Don't inspired by Bumped, though. Always. The
2: <laughs> turd <laughs> yeah. the Turtle yeah. is the hero. My next
1: turd the Turtle goes to Camp Kikiwaka on...
0: <clears throat> Sounds like you got some uh, some storytelling hooks there, Shelly.
1: Yes, it's for so sure. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe I'll get Quinn. Maybe we'll do that for, for homeschooling. We'll get him uh, writing an adventure. I like it. So
0: cool. So you were mentioning too about how you played a bunch of adventurers' league games uh, at the game store, uh, and you know, as part of D and D Live, you were involved in the Black AF kind of side table and all that. Yeah. Uh, uh, talking through what it's like to you know uh, be in the D and D community. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts about what you know what what kind of things you experienced and what you might want to uh, advice you might want to give to people about like how can we uh, make sure that the tables that we're having are as, um, you know, open and having all these fun, creative ideas flowing without any of the negatives.
2: Yeah. Um, it was so amazing being on the Black AF panel for D&D Live. And going back to that the year before, uh, just as a little shout out to the Adventures League uh, stuff, I was one of the, the epic DMs for... Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, which was really cool because I had, uh, like, going into stream DMing, uh, it feels very different. It's a lot more, like, improvisational. It's really, like, rules-like because you're kind of doing the, like, what's the cool thing in the moment because it's so much more audience-facing than table-facing. Mm. Uh, that, like, coming back to, like, my 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 basics and like my, my beginnings by running an adventures league game after not running AL stuff for forever. I was like, Oh, I forgot. I'm just like active sweating. I was the (laughs) sweatiest, most intense mess. Like just standing over my table being like, okay, we can do this. And just like being a, a super big fan of the tables. It was so much fun. And then getting to come back this year and actually like be sort of part of the like, like one of the people speaking at it was really cool. And I just, I love the idea that we're having all of these conversations now about like, not just how to be diverse within our games, but like, how do we do that at our tables? Like, how do we do that as people? And uh, I think the question that like, I still occasionally get asked is like, how can I like create or promote like a safer space so that more people of color feel more comfortable, like, coming into games. And I think so much of that just has to do with, man, it's such a, it's such a layered question. I, I think it is understanding that, like, a lot of this work has to be, like, yes, you want to, like, create a safe space, but, like, I definitely, like, encourage other people of color in the community to bring their friends in that don't, like, that aren't experienced with it, that, like, have not heard of d d that like have that storytelling itch but not it's about taking off the limiters like for me the moment I stopped thinking of DD as like you're gonna tell a Lord of the Rings story and more of like you can tell any kind of story framed from your from your own experience and your own priorities I think that's the thing and sort of pushing out the idea that like you can tell so many stories here and you can have it be a reflection of like your culture and your priorities too. Like that's the thing. And if you're like running at a table or playing at a table with people of color that you're not like super close with yet, modeling a diverse world is probably the biggest thing I can say to do, especially this is my like DM, DM to DM, model a diverse world, like have lots of people with different like backgrounds and ethnicities describe everyone's skin color not just the occasional like brown person that mm. pops up like paint that word picture in such a way that like the expectations of d and d being like very like white Western European like anglo-Saxon elves sort of drifting through the mist like the way you break that down and become more than that it's not the dismissal of it because like that's all very cool storytelling too. Like that's why D&D is what it is to this point. But like it can become more the moment you are cognizant of it and you push to do more. So describe like your like beautiful Galadriel elf and then like the beautiful elf standing next to her with like dark skin and dark hair and dark eyes and like non-Anglo-Saxon features and like lean into the idea that like the world isn't just as diverse as the world is out here is more so because now you're dealing with like non-humanoid races. Like if, if this is a world where anything is possible, prove it. And in so many little ways, that's such a signaler to like people of color and people from the LGBTQ, like all of those like minority groups that don't feel seen and don't feel represented. Like the, the concerted visible effort to be inclusive, to say like, not only are you welcome, but you're already here in the like eight NPCs that match your skin tone or your sexual orientation or your like disabilities. Like it's all here and it's waiting for you. Makes it feel not like you're making an exception for these people coming into the community, but that they were already always part of it. And it's just about joining in.
0: That's great. Thank I you. love that. And I think a lot of the the language that you were Saying earlier about you know disabilities and having you know those those characters be represented in your game, you know it's uh, it's it's a, it's a lot of the same kind of vocabulary. Like you just want to be able to present people in all backgrounds, and D and D does that already so well yeah. by having merfolk and elves and dwarves and tieflings and 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 dragonborn, and it's just you know bringing in the full breadth of of humanity uh, that's out there. And, uh, you know, I think Dungeons and Dragons, you know, on the studio side, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, Jeremy Crawford and Chris Perkins have been writing the adventures with having a lot of those things in mind. And now we're going to be doing even more so. And I think, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a powerful piece of advice for you know people in the community just to be able to, you know, continue to open up those weird creative stories that we love telling and then include right. all of this stuff within it. It's just yeah. going to end up having, you know, better stories.
2: Yeah, the bones
0: are all there. Just lean in. Yeah, I'm gonna chew on That's that great bone.
2: advice.
0: <laughs> I don't know that d- d- didn't work. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna do that. But I so love uh, right where they are. Seeing you, Dungeon Master, at uh, you know D and D Live 2019, uh, the Descent. There's tons of pictures with you, and I love that the Dungeon Masters like just out of necessity, maybe stood up from those tables just so they oh, could yeah. have focus and and be able to. You know, project their voices and be heard at their tables, and it ended up making this wonderful picture uh, that I'll remember forever. Of just uh, you know everybody telling these stories together, and then uh, you know having decisions made at that epic that would transfer to the entire room. Uh, You know, I finally remember Chris Funk uh, from the (laughs) Decemberists making this decision that he thought was really good for his character, but ended up doing I think what like four. D ten damage to everybody it was so in the room.
1: Much damage. Oh, I what think, did he do? What was his decision? I don't. It was. A, I, don't I think it was. Uh,
0: uh, was it Chris Lindsay or was it Bell that gave him the decision? Uh,
2: uh, uh, um, I don't remember who it was. A, it was
0: one of the devils. Was basically like you can you know yeah have this power. You, you had, he had just died in the, or he just fell unconscious in his game, oh, and it was like right. hey you can not be unconscious and you'll be at full life. Uh, But something bad is going to happen or you can just take your damage and everything's fine. And he's like, well, sure, I'm going to get my character to be back up on his feet. It'll help my party. But the bad thing was that damage was taken by everybody in the room. So like all hundred plus players (laughs) all took that damage because of his one decision.
2: So my favorite part was it knocked down two players at my table. And then because uh, we didn't have enough or no, they had enough soul coins To bargain, So there were like two little imps, like NPC people walking around, like making deals and bargains and stuff the whole time. But my table was so like soul coin insecure uh, that they weren't going to be pulling their weight. They wouldn't spend the soul coins to buy a healing potion for one person at the table. Oh no. So the coolest thing I got to do was take this person's character sheet and they gave me permission to do so. Oh no. But they like... Like, people showed up to this with, like, their AL characters that they had played hundreds of hours with, and I got to tear the sheet as their character died permanently. In hell. I was like, it's over. I'm sorry. It's a coin. You can keep this coin. Give it back at the end, but, like, (laughs) you know. And I just dropped the coin that was their character on the pile, and the entire table was just like, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? Hey, give me another soul coin, but, oh, my God, what do we do? Like, it was amazing. (laughs)
0: So much fun! That's I love that moral. type of group uh, group play points. where it's beyond one right. table, uh, yeah. and you know we're figuring out ways to do that uh, digitally, online, uh, yes. very soon. I can't wait! That's gonna be that's gonna be really fun. <laughs> what were you gonna that's say, so Shoya? Cool. I'm sorry, I cut you off.
1: No, I was just like saying the moral of the story. Spend your damn soul,
2: coins. spend your soul coins. <laughs> you have to make it rain, <laughs> make it rain. Soul coins, oh, you right. make it rain in hell, and I think that's that that's the thing. That's fun.
1: There's <laughs> so much energy, yeah. In the oh, there you go. Who died? I never not correct? have
2: mine, it's always ready. I have Are the you water it's deep coins in my, coin it's in my to... drawer. I know it's in here. Oh, where'd my water? I had one water deep coin, I've lost it somewhere. I lose my everywhere.
0: Oh. Those were so fun. Um.
2: Ah, I do have it. It's still, oh, yeah, yeah, still in the package. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: means it can be used yeah. still. That's
2: right. There you go. And you, I mean, you mean. just bite it and you hear a little scream in the back of your mind. Uh, so just get over it.
0: <laughs> that was your show bear. That was the soul of your show bear.
2: <gasps> oh. Oh. <laughs>
1: How dare you?
2: You're I a horrible person. Love it. You love it. You love that. <laughs> you love to see it.
0: <laughs> Well, this has been awesome. So many great things uh, coming up. Uh, you know, I can't wait for everyone to be able to watch, uh, you know, Myrtle the bitch uh, in yeah, Dimension 20. Uh, and that cast is fantastic. What, what's the date when people are going to be able to watch that?
2: September 16th. Oh, so Mark excited! your calendars. And I'm we'll do it. a premiere on YouTube, and then it gets thrown behind dropout uh and you can subscribe to Dropout to watch all the episodes of Pirates of Leviathan and all of the other cool side quests that they have. So yeah,
0: so great. Um, and you're you know you're doing stuff on Saving Throw Show, uh, yep. which is awesome, as well as all the amazing stuff you're doing uh, for Dungeon Masters Guild and things like that. Yeah. How can people <laughs> yes. follow along and and get to know uh, all of the projects that you're? brain is working on
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the easiest way to keep up with it because it's also what i check to see what i'm doing uh any given day (laughs) is to follow me on social media at quiddy q-u-i-d-d-i-e and mostly on twitter instagram is a it's an unfathomable thing to me i'm like how do you what's what will people engage with so i'll just tweet mostly and yeah have a full schedule out on there
0: awesome
1: (laughs) <laughs> and give a real quick shout out to your day job, which we didn't even get to talk about. Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, my day job is I am the <laughs> chief marketing officer for Dice Envy, uh, which is a dice company. It's an e-commerce company. And uh, if you have liked any of the names of our dice, you can thank me for that. I will take credit for naming a metal set America's ass because they look like Captain America dice. And I don't regret it. I don't regret it. A lot it
0: sold out America. in minutes, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry, not sorry. I'm
2: not at all sorry. <laughs> well, everybody needs dice. We always need you them. You always so. need them. You have yes. to have more. Yes. Grow your horde.
0: Got, <laughs> I got dice in every surface, it feels like, ready to be rolled.
2: There it goes. I feel like I've always got, like, one die in a pocket. And I know part of that's because of work stuff, but I'm just like, there's just always a D20 on me somewhere. It's the world's worst superpower. Just Is that... Ugh.
1: Is that an Alanis Morissette song? <laughs> it is.
2: I got it's really one good. Dime Actually, it was on. <laughs> it
1: was on Fiona Apple's new. Her new oh, album. that was great. Yeah. I would also love to play D anD D with Fiona. Apple.
0: Oh my god! I would too. I recently told. I wonder what kind of character so, my daughter's she... name is Fiona, and we told her. I mean, we told her this for many years, but she kind of like cemented in her brain. She's like, "Wait a second, I'm named after Fiona Apple," and I was like, "Well, yeah. I mean, we like the name because we liked that, you know." The music that she put out, and so she's been like turning me like, "There's a real person out there that was my namesake." Yeah, so oh. now we absolutely have One to play D with her, meet. and maybe Fiona oh, will dungeon yes. master.
1: Oh yeah, brings play please. with a bunch of Fionas. Fiona from Shrek.
0: Yeah, yes, right. Cameron Fiona Diaz. Apple? We'll get Cameron Diaz. Old-
2: Wait, so- <laughs> that's it. I'm out. <laughs> I Cameron Diaz would actually be very good at D and D. Oh yeah, and this is based only off of like my 11 second memory of her at the beginning of. Charlie's Angels when she's dancing in underoos and something yeah. about that has informed a she's very big opinion. D and D energy definitely yeah. from that. scene. Yeah. yep. She's yep. a chaos goblin. She'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that is Let's very, reach out. very true. Very uh, true. And then uh, we have to play uh, some Twilight Imperium at some point in the future. We got to figure oh, out how yes. to do that online. Uh, you
2: know, there's a bunch of like there's new content coming out for Twilight Imperium, there- right? Oh, we'll talk. Nice. Yeah, I, there's a bunch of new stuff coming out.
0: I need to play. It's been so long, uh, so we, we got to make it happen.
2: S-strap Strap in. We're going to play a, Yeah, we're going to play an 18 <laughs> to 96 hour game of Twilight Imperium. Yeah, um,
0: and we're going mean, to add role-playing elements, so it'll be there even There you go. Crazier. Everyone has to
2: do a voice. <laughs> Welcome to my TI game.
0: <laughs> I want to. Oh, I <laughs> want a fun awesome. alien voice.
2: Beep boop. There's my answer. I mean, Shelly, you could be a droid. I'm so sorry. You overheard it. Therefore, you have to show up. I'm in. That's I'm in. The, those are the rules. I don't make up.
0: You love diplomacy <laughs> so much. This will be uh, just like that.
2: Yes. How dare you? Diplomacy. Okay, I love diplomacy. My ADHD always writes down like an order wrong, oh. and it like I, like I want to burn the world for it. Like no, no, my troops wow. bounced off of each other because I'm. A uh, stupid. <laughs> I wish that, I no, wish that you just, was my you just,
0: excuse. You couldn't fill out forms correctly, which is yeah. very <laughs> much like what military <laughs> in- <laughs> inadequacies are all about. Too oh,
1: much so yeah. process. <laughs> 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 Too many forms. This is all corporate <laughs> BS. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, yes. uh, all right, wish well, that was my problem. It's a joy. Plumbing. you've been fantastic. Uh, everybody should follow you at Quitty on Twitter uh, and uh, we'll tune in to see all of your fun stuff coming forward.
2: Yes. amazing. Thank you so much. This was so fun.
0: <laughs> oh, that was such a wonderful interview. I'm so glad we got to show it to you
1: twice. So nice. we did it twice. <laughs> but you never heard that rhyme before.
0: I'm sure everybody is already following along uh, with the Summer of Abrea and all that she is doing. But definitely pay attention to all of her social medias and follow her for even more stuff going on. And please, of course, make sure to follow Dungeons & Dragons so you get more people, more neighbors, more cousins and nephews involved with D&D. Uh, the best way to do that is to go to DungeonsandDragons.com, find out all of the latest products coming out, or follow us along on the socials: Wizards underscore DnD. On Twitter and Instagram, like that Facebook page. Sign up for the newsletter as yes. well as downloading Dragon Plus to your Fizone and getting nonstop preview information coming your way. I am at Greg Tito on Twitter and underscore Tito uh, at Instagram. What about you, Shelly Moo?
1: I am at Shelly Moo on uh, Twitter and Instagram and two old moms also on Instagram. You'd like to see some parenting foibles.
0: There's some very funny foibles happening there. Alliteration.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I don't know if Greg's even aware of this, but pretty soon um, Greg, Greg's wife and I are partnering up on some additional projects.
0: We got old moms from West Seattle she's, making she's it not,
1: happen. She's not quite old enough to be an old mom, but whatever. <laughs> I'll you get her indo- a fake ID. Her.
0: <laughs> She's older than me, so that's why I'm like, all right, great. She's wow. She's <laughs> I've always liked the older wow. women. It's true.
1: Way to throw your wife right over that hill.
0: <laughs> she's like,
1: Just rolling down the other side of that hill. Thank you for all that. With her broken hips.
0: Um, and that's going to be fun stuff. I can't wait to, to listen to that. Uh, so jump in, and we will be back next week with a full-on episode, and maybe even the recurring adventures of Drunky Two Shoes will be popping off in that one.
1: Oh, She'll be popping off.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. All and right. popping corks off of <sighs> all of wine.